0: This podcast is brought to you by StormAven. I won't lie, I am an employee at StormAven, so I want to tell you a little bit about why it's the greatest company on earth. If you're interested in growing your app in any way, organically, paid, both, we have tools to help you do it, whether it's optimizing your creatives, measuring the success and the effect of different efforts that you're taking, or just telling you what people look for in an app, we're here to help you do it.
1: We are big kind of ambassadors, or not even like just because of that, it's also because we just have seen them to work better of ads that are created in a way that they look like the content that you see in your social networks from your friends. So, I guess the term for that is user generated content ads. And that's kind of what we see huge success with brands from all sorts of verticals.
0: Welcome to Mobile Growth and Pancakes, a podcast by Stormaven. We break down how and why mobile apps grow. In each episode, we invite a mobile growth expert onto the show to break down a specific mobile growth strategy, how it worked, why it worked, and what they would do differently. I'm your host, Esther Schatz.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mobile Growth and Pancakes. I'm your host, Jonathan Fishman, and I'm really excited to be here today with Christian Eckhart, uh, who's the CEO of CustomLytics. How are you doing, Christian?
1: Hey, Jonathan. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you?
2: I'm, uh, doing, uh, pretty good. It's, uh, kind of crazy times. Um, I watched the Oscars, yeah. uh, a few days ago and, and it just it was just insane what happened there. And, uh, now both, uh, and Will Smith actually published, uh, an apology, uh, these days. So it's kind
1: of nuts. Did he? I I didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah, he didn't seem too po- apologetic at the show. I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the academy said they're actually starting like uh, some proceedings that they might suspend him from the academy. It's it's kind of crazy. And when I think about it, like from I always think about things from a marketing perspective, which is kind of uh, n- not that convenient in most uh, moments in life. Uh, but uh, but it got me to actually watch the movie uh, that, that he won the the best actor for, uh, which is an amazing movie. Um, about Venus and Serena Williams and and her dad, uh, Richard Uh. Williams. Um, But it kind of stained everything around it because it's not the way that that you want to market something. Um, Not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So uh, today uh, there's a few things uh, we're going to talk about. Um, I know that you have a lot of insights around user-generated ads and a lot of uh, ideas and thoughts around... um, the challenges and, and maybe the pitfalls of working with like large branding, uh, uh, brand marketing agencies for mobile brands. Uh, and I want to ask you like what do you see in, in the landscape around uh, analytics? Uh, it's, it's right up your alley and, uh, what are folks doing now these days with less access to user-level data and, and how they overcome uh, all of the challenges that stem out of that With uh, on the analytics side, specifically on the acquisition side. But before we dive into that, can you talk a bit about your, your path and how you got to be uh, the CEO? And you founded the company, right? Yeah. So yeah. to found a, a, an analytics company in the mobile space, um, how you got here?
1: Yeah. Um, so... Actually, um, yeah, kind of interesting to say, analytics company. Uh, that's kind of what I hear a lot because uh, the name kind of implies. Um, but yeah, I would I would rather put it that we are mobile marketing people with a passion for data. But let me let me start a bit earlier. So, um, yeah, um, as you already said, I'm Richard, one of the uh, one of the two co-founders of Customerics and the CEO. And um, my co-founder and I, I think the short summary is that we have we are like mobile marketing people by heart. We've never done anything else in our lives. Um, we have um, actually started our career at Delivery Hero, where we met first in the very early days of app marketing. So that was in like 2013, I guess. So a good, uh, yeah, uh, I guess uh, nine, almost 10 years then uh, ago. And um, well, I guess I don't have to say that mobile apps-based was very different back then. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I can very vividly remember what we did back then. Marketing was very different. Uh, A lot of the the tracking and everything uh, landscape was very different um, back then. So yeah, um, we started there and we were kind of hired to, you know, do marketing for the apps um, and that's what we did um we uh was a great time we were able to to do a lot of um experimenting and and we were able to essentially pick up any topic that we liked um so we started and paid the the ua uh for the deliver hero apps then realized that we needed some kind of tracking because otherwise it's all going to be uh kind of inefficient, so we've worked on that. Um, and uh, once we were finished with that, we moved on and, and realized that now we had a ton of installs, which we've kind of uh, acquired, but they were not placing as many orders as we would wish. So the next natural thing to look at the CRM, of course, look at CRM tools. Um, integrated said integrated one of them as well for all the different uh, different apps delivery Euro was uh, growing like crazy back then acquiring a ton of companies all around the world so that was uh, yeah very interesting times and then apps optimization of course was always a topic in the end we were dealing with data warehousing um so i think uh, it's fair assumption to say that after three, four years as a hero, we had a very good generalistic overview and understanding of the mobile space. And we were increasingly invited to uh, more and more lunches where former colleagues were like asking us, hey, you're the mobile guys, can you help me with this or that? And then at some point, we just started uh we just said that we have to accept another form of payment um, than food because that's not going to be very healthy and we'll probably not make it to the age of 30 uh, if we continue like that. So that's <laughs> the point where we uh, started the company and said, hey, you know, this is the service that we can offer to you know other clients in the market as well. Um, so started the company, usual story, two founders, no external money to date, actually no, no investors. Um, so we started off um, as essentially a, you know, to freelancers setting um, to understand whether we can build a business out of it. Um, one year in, we realized, yes, we can um, start hiring people. And now we're here. Um, so today we are around 50-ish people Um, across two different offices, so headquarters still here in Berlin where we're based um, and also the majority of people is based and then there's a second office in uh, Poland actually in Poznan um, with a um, smaller team of uh, six, seven people now uh, because we've actually acquired a smaller company um, in 2020 and obviously kept the office and the people actually continue to hire there and uh, what we do today with the company is actually very kind of similar to what what you would probably expect when you look at our background, so we go there and say we are the mobile marketing experts every discipline of mobile marketing we can you know uh, provide our expertise with very like holistic approach not this thing of like oh yeah I don't know I'm doing uh, ASO only as a company, or I'm doing, I don't know, tracking only as a company, so that must be the cure for any problem. It's really more this like, you know, we look at every aspect. And, um, yeah, so our our services today span from setting up the tracking, technical infrastructure, CRM tools, doing ASO, uh, to then also running the, that's called like the agency side, um, to then also even running paid campaigns, including um, full creative production, so we have designers internally. Um, yeah, really like... I would say we are in this mobile app niche. So all of our clients have mobile apps. um, But in this niche, we are pretty broad in terms of services. So Mm -hmm. that's that's a short story about about the company and myself.
2: Awesome. Uh, Congrats for for the success. It sounds sounds great. Um, I actually have a really funny story about Delivery Hero that I was contemplating if I should uh, say it or not. Do it. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I will, you know. Why not? It's, it's a podcast. Uh, we can do whatever we want. Um, so I, like one of the first conferences that I was sent to, uh, when I joined Stormaven, I I was in the sales team. I joined as a salesperson and, uh, maybe like a few weeks after I joined, uh, my boss actually told me, all right, there's a conference in uh, Berlin. Um, just go there. Um, and, and I got there with uh, one of my colleagues and, uh, and didn't know much about Storm even back then. It was like a few weeks after, after I joined. And, but it just like threw us to the deep water. And I was like walking around the conference, really trying to like find a really great brands and start conversations with folks. Um, and then we saw, uh, me and my colleagues saw somebody with uh, a name tag that said uh, Delivery Hero. And we got like really excited. It was like maybe in 2017. Uh, we got really excited started talking with this person like this is stormaven what do you, uh, what are we doing and and he got really excited and asked a lot of questions and everything and maybe we talked for an hour after that hour um that person like approaches me and, and my colleague and says, okay, I need to go to my shift. And we said, what, what shift? Uh, and he said, oh, I'm, I'm not actually working in Delivery Hero, like in offices. I'm, I'm a delivery person. And I just like <laughs> fooled the, the person in the entrance uh, that, that by saying that I'm from Delivery Hero because I wanted to eat free lunch. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then he just took off to to a shift and it was actually a delivery person. And we both uh, left, oh, wow. left and uh, and and <laughs> cried cried in her way uh, back to the hotel <laughs>
1: uh, that that's a that's hilarious what a story <laughs> yeah.
2: that's uh, that's a good story um anyways cool so uh, you have a ton of perspective like uh, about the industry w- what kind of brands do you work with is it mostly large brands or a lot of like mid-market type of developers and how is it mixed in between apps and games
1: Mm-hmm. It's um, extremely diverse because um, in this mobile marketing, mobile app niche, we um, don't specialize in any specific vertical. Um, so we literally have all verticals of apps that, that kind of are in existence. Um, we have, um, I don't know, from audiobooks uh, like Audible, the, the Amazon brand, to Telcos, Deutsche Telecom. Um, to mobility, public transportation, e-commerce, obviously, Mm -hmm. coming from Um, a bit of gaming and dating. Although I would say that generally, um, these two are a bit underrepresented. Um, My theory on that is that that's because these companies are usually, you know, because um, marketing is so vital for them, I have the feeling that usually they are kind of doing quite okay um, compared to the market already. So as in like, they don't need us as much, um, uh, but also some few, few gaming and dating clients, um, but outside of that it's really, really diverse. We got car sharing, we share here the the Berlin car sharing companies, some other Volkswagen brands, um, we got, um, yeah, I don't know, supermarkets and yeah, so very, very diverse. Awesome. So, so you
2: have a ton of perspective about how the entire industry is basically dealing with challenges these days. Yeah. Um, I know that you that you have a lot of thoughts uh and we talked about it briefly about like brand marketing yeah and and like some some kind of the pitfalls that uh, folks yeah. are experiencing with working with uh, some some brand marketing uh partners uh, could you talk yeah. a bit about that
1: yeah absolutely um so yes we we do have Quite a, quite a strong, I mean, maybe for context. So we ourselves, we have a handful of designers, like five, um, and we do kind of, um, they, they design mobile ads um, all day long. Um, so I think we have a good understanding of what works on the platforms and what doesn't. And yes, we do have a strong opinion on on the, the let's say, the creatives and the out that we usually see with with big kind of uh, brand agency productions big ad productions and I think like the short summary of that is that um, the so over time especially in mobile marketing the placements and the environments where the ads are displayed have changed drastically so these days paid social is kind of the biggest thing in in normal advertising um meaning that all the ads run in some kind of social network Um, i mean of course there's also search and there's other um there's other um channels and stuff but usually like that's the biggest um this is where most people spend their time but the ads haven't changed so the agencies and, and and companies also um, are still producing ads that are exactly like they were back in the days when you were producing them for I don't know TV, outdoor, you name it, and that's kind of a big um, uh, uh, clash, I would say.
2: And and how would well, how, how would such an ad would look like? How would you define these ads from the old world?
1: From the old one, well, the, the biggest tell is always that you can easily see that it's an ad, like you know, high, high, highly, highly high quality production. I don't know, you know, happy people on the beach using whatever product, like very like this Very stereotypical Yeah, yeah, actually very polished, stereotypical things. I don't know. When I when I when I think about ads like this, I always think about car brands, like car manufacturers, um <laughs> and then how they do their ads. So yeah, you know, this kind of um this kind of you know ads where it's everyone can see at first glance that this is an ad. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, in in the, in the the previous marketing world, this was kind of fine or okay because also everybody got used to it that you see stuff like this in the newspaper on TV and stuff. But now the, the placements have changed and where you run your ads have changed because now it's mobile. And on mobile, like I said, biggest, um, biggest amount of time is spent on social networks. And the content that is in these apps like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, where where we run ads for our clients, um, the content that you see there is very different because now all of a sudden it's content from your friends and whoever's in your social network. Um, and these ads are like so, uh, that, that these uh, traditional ads are so out of touch with, with that world, so kind of not fitting that, that it's like, it's funny, um, actually. So... Um, and the other problem is that <laughs> they're also pretty expensive. Um, so we are big kind of um, ambassadors, or it's well, not even like just because of that, it's also because we just have seen them to work better, um, of ads that are um, created in a way that they look like the content that you see in your social networks from your friends. So the, I guess the, mm-hmm. the, the term for that is user-generated content ads. Um, and that's kind of what we, where we see huge success with well, brands from all sorts of verticals really um, and it's not just that the s work better they're also much cheaper to produce because you know you produce them how you would also produce your average Instagram post your average Facebook post whatever um, which is you don't need a high production studio you don't need I don't know a ton of models and everything um, and you know they're cheaper they work better so it's really this this scenario of like we are like we are, we are asking ourselves like why you know would anybody even still stick to to like this
2: yeah do you think it it works like across games and apps like brands uh like big brands um, let's take i don't know like a, a, a travel app like one of the mm. expedias of the world would you think it would work for them or it's mostly for like smaller brands or or game companies like for games it, it it's it, it's pretty you know well known it, it's been used uh extensively yeah. at least by the the good studios and the in the good marketing yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but does it work for everybody?
1: I mean we have yet, you know, we we are we have yet to be have tested this on all verticals, but at least for everything that we've done so far, which is at least public transport, mobility, e-commerce, travel, um, and a few others, it definitely has. And then of, of course as gaming where you said it's kind of um it's kind of established even. Um so I would say, yes, and because also the like you know the it's not some magical thing where nobody knows why this is the case. it's not like some phenomenon it's it's actually pretty easy to explain why they work better, and the explanation is I kind of already hinted before um the explanation is that user generated content ads just fit the content that you see in these kind of social network uh, apps. And or in your in your like social networks and, and the high high quality production, uh, whatever brand agencies do not. And that's kind of that's kind of the reason. And what I always find also a rather interesting aspect to that is also how um you know this is everything I said until now is kind of a top-level generic kind of uh, statement to the, the advertising industry. But if you look a bit closer, what you actually also see is that there are even nuances to that. Um, which means that even in the user-generated content ads that you do, you should still pay attention to the actual channel where you want to run them in the end, because there are differences in what we would produce for TikTok versus, you know, um, Facebook, Instagram, let's say. Um, so that's kind of an, an important part, and I think people are also a bit missing out on that um, because what I see quite often is that they, you know, they have even if even if they have some kind of okay good ads. And they have I don't know their usual banner size, and then they go with the same banners on all platforms. Um, so that's kind of yeah, it's another. Um, I guess
2: yeah, I I, I actually think that it, I mean part of the reason of why it works is as you said, like the it, it's a match to it's it's a channel match basically. Um, yeah. You know the if 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 somebody would try to like run an ad like as we call it like old world type of ads in yeah. TikTok. Of course, it won't uh, it won't work because uh, it's just such a huge mismatch between the format that people are expecting to see when they're scrolling yeah. through TikTok um, and and that that type of content in the ad. Uh, but another thing is, I think that and and it's just um, strengthening from year to year. Uh, people just are less believing of of marketing. An advertisement in yeah. general, and it's a tra- it's not a new trend. Like um, it's 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 no, been it's going good. for for decades. Um, but it's it's basically these days, and it's kind of accelerating. People just don't believe wh- what they see, and actually seeing something that is not polished in the rough, it actually looks authentic. Uh, people tend to believe that more, and when they see authentic marketing and actually associating real people with that, like real users, or it could even be an yeah. influencer, but, but it, it, it looks authentic. Uh, they tend to believe that more. So I think that that emotional driver is also what, uh, stands behind the success of these, even in, in, and it's true for all sorts of marketing, even in B2B marketing, if in the past, uh, what would work, I don't know, 20 years ago would be like uh, a white paper with, uh, um, really polished case studies of like 70 pages of, of like what exactly was done and everything was like in a really cool yeah. um, PDF or booklet or something. Yeah. Um, folks don't believe that anymore. I mean, one thing is that they don't read all of it, yeah. but they don't believe it because of course somebody engineered it as opposed to that, just, you know, shooting yeah. really rough videos on Zoom with clients talking about uh, what they experience, uh, you know, goes goes way 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 uh further than than these type of uh marketing materials so i think it's the same type of trend in in mobile marketing and ads
1: yeah like 100 that's actually um that's actually the the funny part um it's even those like, let's, uh, let's continue to call them um, old school kind of um, uh, brand ads, it's not even good for the brand anymore because it's like, as you said, it will not, with users these days on, on the channels where they spend their time, and by the way, this is where you have to be with your ads because otherwise there's no mm-hmm. point. Um, it, it doesn't feel authentic to them. It, it doesn't feel like it 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 doesn't feel like a brand that they can relate to, like it's it's even, that's the funny thing. It's even, you know, because that's the, that's the usual blame for, um, for performance marketing in general, or also for user-generated content ads. The usual blame is that, oh yeah, but it doesn't fit our brand. Well, actually your old school ads, they harm your brand because nobody will relate to the models on the beach using your product. Like. Mm-hmm. For sure, uh, I'm sure, it's kind of funny. <laughs> can,
2: can you give our, our listeners like an example of how, let's say, somebody is working in a marketing team or a UA team in a mobile app or game, but yeah. uh, they don't currently have a lot of um, user-generated content. Didn't, yeah. didn't didn't put the investment uh, up until now, and they're yeah. thinking about how to start producing this type of ads. How would that uh, work? Do you have like examples of of how that process should work? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so the, um, the um, generic but very valid answer to that is that um, you have like, the easiest thing to do is to just show real humans, aka not some models on the beach, um, real humans using the product. This is what <laughs> it's all about. Um, show real humans using the product. This is how we always go about it, especially at the beginning when you are not in this phase yet where you then start to test and iterate and you have different concepts that you try. But in the very beginning, when you don't know where to start, just start with actual human beings that are relatable for the audience and they look like you know normal people that everybody knows, um, and show them how to use the product. This is how we how we mm-hmm. always go about it. Um, there's a great um a blog article and case study that we did with we Share, the um car sharing from Volkswagen here mm-hmm. in Berlin. Um and if you look at these ads, I will share the link and we can probably put it in the in the notes. Um if you look at the, the ads that we did for them, the very first wave, it was literally our people, so cosmetics people using the cars, driving into the, you know, I don't know, the forest uh, on the, on the outskirts of Berlin, having a nice day. Like this is it, this is not, this is like, you don't have to be like a brand marketing genius to come up with this concept. So. <laughs> for
2: sure, for sure. Cool, that's uh, really insightful. And I, I want to move a bit into um, analytics and, and I know that you've, um, been dealing with all pillars of mobile marketing, yeah. one thing that a lot of people are working on these days in terms of challenges is how to deal with the loss uh, of user-level data on the yeah. acquisition side uh, yeah. in iOS and the uh, expected loss of, of user-level data in in Google. And, and actually, yeah. g- Google and Android uh, just recently announced uh, their own initiative called the Privacy Sandbox, where uh, they, in my view, take a, a a bit of a more aggressive even uh, approach than, than Apple, yeah. just in the sense of how they would eliminate fingerprinting. Like under Google's yeah. initiative, fingerprinting can't even exist from day one because SDKs would operate in a completely different runtime environment, which wouldn't. Yeah. But in in simple uh, words, it won't give these SDKs even access to read the parameters they need for fingerprinting, which means in Google it you know even fingerprinting won't be. Um, Available as it is on iOS until Apple do something about it. Um, does something about it. So, um, what, what do you see like uh, with with teams specifically UA teams and measuring these campaigns? Um, what What are some tips that you can give our listeners from from that?
1: Um, so first of all, unfortunately, what you're describing is. A real trend um so we are like 100 sure that we have kind of you know we have passed peak you know performance marketing peak measurability this is like like i don't know, two three years ago mm-hmm. um and then um all this gdpr stuff happens especially in europe and then apple has realized that uh, marketing uh, that uh, data privacy is a great marketing um topic so um we definitely have passed the the time when we had the best options best best possibilities to, to measure stuff in digital marketing um now what we saw companies doing and what we also obviously kind of were doing in the beginning in the early uh in the early days of all of that was of course the intuitive thing which is shift your budgets to android um now as you said, that's uh, soon uh, going to not be an option anymore. Yeah,
2: that, that, and- <laughs> that, that, that's such a short-term, uh, it was such a short-term play. Like it, it, Not only because it was obvious that Google would follow the same path, even though they made it very clear it's going to take them about two years to implement it in full, um, yeah. just because most of the revenues are and will always be on the in the iOS ecosystem 70 yeah. 75% of the revenues in the mobile market because yeah. it's a different audience yeah. yeah
1: and um in terms of what we think what this will do to the advertising um industry is well i think the the obvious result so um performance marketing which found its kind of i mean the reason why it exists and the reason why it it raised over time um, was because you all of a sudden you had measurability on the device level uh, basis and you could actually tell how efficient your marketing is. Um, so that's on the decline. And if um, if this whole measurability aspect of performance marketing is kind of going away, so all the channels that you wear mainly... I think games are a prime example of that. Um, gaming has always been highly dependent on, on paid UA, um, naturally and they are like they are in big trouble um <laughs> so, um if the measurability aspect goes away from all your digital um uh, paid stuff or performance paid stuff well then you have to resort to other um options and what i think or what we think will will happen over time is that channels will um you know have a how to say second spring um that have um historically never had proper tracking but now it doesn't matter anymore because no gem has proper tracking anymore. Um, and then what that means is TV, print, maybe even, um, all these kind of things um, where, you know, the reason why people moved to to performance marketing was because there was measurability. If that's going away, then there's, you know, in a lot of cases, they are, uh, the main motivation is gone. Why you? we're doing it in the first place? Um, so yeah, I think there will be a return of um, of these um, these channels, and then in terms of tracking, there will be a um, how to say a trend to find workarounds. Of course, we're also working on that with some clients um, to well, I would call it. Uh, First-party tracking, <laughs> uh, which is you know I, I know a couple of even e-commerce um, uh, brands companies, some of them we work with, um, that are resorting to voucher codes as their tracking. So tracking is gone. They start again with voucher codes that they, they have different voucher codes per different channels, so that they know. And and essentially the assumption is oh, every first order is happening with a small voucher, and we don't care because it's kind of you know in the in the in the in the um, in the um, financial model, um. But at least then I know from which channel they were coming because I can tell from the voucher code they're using. Um, nice. There you are, and that's like, yeah. And there's there's a handful of other things that people start doing or that we are t- trying to do now. Um. But yeah, we have to prepare for it. It's like, um, it's, yeah. Um, shifting to Android was a very short-term kind of, and I mean, I, it's fine. I understand that. You know, we had a good two years doing that, but <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that it's. I'm just like a lot of thoughts are running in in my head around the implementation of that for games basically would it work if let's say an ad would say i don't know put in this code and get 1 million coins for free or 10 coins doesn't matter um yeah. and then you'd be able to track it but but it's actually very smart like i like the 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 creativity t- that's happening now which actually drives everybody to to be more simple like to think about it more simple like basically Using voucher codes or just uh, any kind of promotional yep. code. Um, and, uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> if I might add one more thing, the other thing that's coming back, and I can still vividly vividly remember how we also used the Deliver Hero, um, and I, I guess it was still in use, um, is another thing which is uh, asking the user the exit poll the the very the very famous exit poll. That's it. Somebody somebody places an order, and you ask them where they're coming from. You have to. I know how it is you have to correct and you you, you usually try to put a fake answer so, so that you can correct for the error margin and stuff um, but yeah we we're going like this is where we're heading this is where we're heading to
2: That's it <laughs> and 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 that that's an uh, an amazing point and it's kind of insane and and I saw again marketing is marketing doesn't matter where it is it has its different flavors but uh again giving an example from B2B marketing I saw amazing insights that some of my friends uh, have been able to gather just by um, putting in a form, you know, in B2B marketing, the, the, the main value yeah. is folks requesting a demo or a call with sales and uh, attribution sucks. It's like it, it's, it, it always sucked and now it's, it's even worse uh, with uh, third party cookies going away and all of that. So basically just asking in the form, how did you hear about us? It's just like a mandatory field with no options just like free text and mm. the and, and folks actually answer this and the kind of insights that they've been able to gather from from that is amazing and so different from other attribution um software actually tells them and and i think it's uh, with with polls and and basically asking users how did they hear about yeah. you um even if uh, just a certain percentage of people uh, actually um answer this and yeah. if it's incentivized or not incentivized, it doesn't matter. You, you're going to get really good insights. And I like the way that it drives everybody, again, to be more simple, to basically think clearly with clear logic and and make decisions based on a lot yeah. of simple and down-to-earth uh, data sources and and, yeah. and insights from, from those uh, areas. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know there will be there will be ways. Maybe to give an example, I know there. Um, I know that you have um, quite a few of ASO um, folks uh, always listening to this. Maybe to give an, an an example, what this could mean to to the ASO side. Um, so if you think back to this voucher example. Um, I think what, for example, would be a way to do it in a nice way is because people forget about what's on the ad. Like, I get it. The the voucher code has to be really big, and then the ad will look terrible, so uh, I get it. Um, But what you can do, for example, now with iOS um, and the new custom product pages is that you can have the custom product page, and then uh, for the different channels, you obviously have different custom product pages. um, And essentially, you replace uh, one screenshot with the voucher code that is the corresponding to what you want to track with this channel. And then you can increase chances that people actually input it. Um, for sure. Yeah, that's so, it's a really
2: innovative idea. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. I mean,
1: you know, just to, to give something, maybe.
2: Yeah, for sure. Awesome. That 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 was fun. Yeah, it felt like, uh, and now I want to start uh, working <laughs> and doing all these <laughs> things. Um Cool. So we're running out of time a bit, uh, but I want to ask you uh, a few last questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, So the first one is, if you could give just one tip to an aspiring uh, mobile growth marketer, somebody that wants to get into mobile marketing or mobile growth these days, after everything that happened in this new era, uh, what would it be?
1: One tip. Oh, Well, if it can just be one, then I would say... Configure your RSS feed or whatever feedly tool that you're using to follow, you know, uh, the most relevant um, um, influencers—the terrible word—the most relevant people in the industry. Um, I don't know Eric Zoyfer, Thomas Petit, the usual uh, ones. Make sure you have them on Twitter because if there's new stuff coming out, then they will uh, usually have it first. Um, I think if you want to. Just if you're just starting off and you want to get an overview, then what I can recommend, uh, shameless plug, um, is a framework that we came up with actually. It's called the the Marketing Master Map. Um, it's a big, um, yeah, you can get it as a PDF, you can even get a printed one. And there's some videos where I explain. All areas of digital, especially mobile marketing, these days. And I talk about um, what kind of marketing you should be doing in the different steps of the user funnel, from awareness to uh, loyalty and and like uh, propagation, so people actually even recommending your product. Um, so that's on our website. If you hit up custometics.com, I think top right corner, um, there's a but, there's a big button that leads you to the marketing master map. And I think that's a good starting point. Um, and also on our website, you will find more stuff. We actually wrote. Um, a nice little book uh, a few um, months ago. So uh, you can also check that out. That's called the Mobile um, Developer Guide to the Galaxy. So it's also linked on our website. Cool. Um, so yeah, I think a couple of resources there. And outside of that, yeah, make sure you follow the, the, um, the most up-to-date uh, people on the social channels.
2: Nice, great tip. And, and I wanted to ask you about content recommendation, but that was great. And I love the, uh, the name of that book. Um, pretty great, um, and uh, almost lastly, uh, because we're in mobile growth and pancakes, um, what is your favorite flavor of pancake?
1: Yeah, um, so actually, unfortunately, in Germany, not pancakes in general, not as um, popular as they would de- as they would, they would deserve to be. Um, I would say, outside of the usual maple. Um, I would probably say something with raspberry, but that's just because I like raspberry a lot. So
2: raspberries, raspberries, mm-hmm. pancake, cool, mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome, and and lastly, where can people find you if they want to reach out, talk ab- about marketing, uh, working with you folks, or uh, just chatting about uh, raspberries.
1: <laughs> so um, I guess you can uh, obviously you can always find me on LinkedIn uh, just Christian like that, um, and I will be uh, there and if you want to get in touch then just hit up our website customlytics.com, Um, and yeah there will be plenty of uh, conversion elements for you to send us a mail if you want to send me a mail directly that's just Christian at customlytics.com and I will also uh, happily take on any questions about uh, pancake recipes
2: awesome and in in the episode description uh, you can find uh, all these links cool so thank you very much I really enjoyed uh, the conversation and I'll uh, talk to you soon Uh, am I going to see you in in Berlin in the ASO conference in a couple of months there's an ASO conference Yeah.
1: Um, let's see if not then we can actually meet up around that
2: (laughs) awesome for sure I would love to cool so talk to you soon thank you for doing this
1: thank you thanks for having me
2: Mm, bye bye
0: and that was Mobile Growth and Pancakes. To find out more about StoreMaven and how we can improve app store performance, visit StoreMaven.com. And then make sure to search for Mobile Growth and Pancakes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at StoreMaven, thanks for listening.